again. We're on the T. Dale McEthridge 21 podcast, minus the T. Dale. Add in the can on the counter. Is that your Twitter handle? That is that is my Twitter okay. handle. Can can uh can on the what is it? Can at on, can on the counter. It's a name I okay. came up with in like the second grade, so don't judge. <laughs> I, I like it. It's a lot more creative than McEthridge 21. Um, that's. Uh, but we're here to talk some Scorpion. Uh, this is long overdue. We've tried to do it for like a week, but could not get our schedules matched up. And then Tyler's battling off wildfires still in L.A. So uh, we've, we've just replaced him with Cannon. Uh, and we're going to talk a little Scorpion and give you our thoughts on the album and maybe a couple conspiracy theories yeah. to the album. Uh, and we'll just uh, hopefully you guys will gain some knowledge here. And nothing against at T. Dell, but I do think I'm probably better suited for this discussion than than he is. That that's just a personal that's just a personal thing though. Well, I know Tyler's not just a big Drake connoisseur, so Or music. I mean, literally he told me he never listens to music period. He's only podcast. So <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't really have too much artistically to say, but I, I could be wrong. Well I, I'm not sneak dissing or anything. I'm not subtweeting like like Drake or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, uh, no subliminals. On uh, you're coming over to his podcast and talking trash about <laughs> while he's not here on his own. Podcast. That's why I'm not expecting you to like say like yeah, but I mean I think the crowd just knows, you know. Well, I, I think we would tune into your musical opinion more than we would Tyler's. I will give you that. Uh, it it but, would be an interesting review, but but it is funny that you come to his podcast on his home turf <laughs> to diss him. On his own That's podcast. the only way to do it, though, really, when you think about it. Uh, but so what uh, let, let's just I want to hear uh, I, I listened to your uh, Between the BS uh, review on the album. But just for these listeners, sort of uh, let's hear your thoughts on the Drake album. Um, it, it grew on me and it's still growing on me. I think with each listen, I've, I've liked it more and more. Um, as a whole, I think there's a lot of filler, um, not just songs, but also verses. So some of the songs I really like, like emotionless, for instance, um, it's got a great, like first verse and opening verse, and then it'll kind of be like down to me. It's like Drake's on for half the song and then takes the rest of the song off. Um, that's just my opinion on it. And also like songs like nonstop, I think are just great song, uh, great Drake songs in general. But there's a lot of um, a lot of the songs that people like a lot. I think it's because the rest of the songs, it's almost like those are really good average songs and the rest of the music is very average. So if you put those songs on another Drake album, they would be seen as the weak ones. But since they're matched up against weak songs, I think they are seen as like better than they might be. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's just my quick thoughts. Like I said, I've, I, the first time I listened to it, I really didn't like it. But the the more I've listened to it, the more I've definitely liked it. Um, so side A over side B. That's, that's so you, it. okay. So I was going to ask you. So you like side A over side B? Yeah, I definitely think there was a lot better better songs. So for me, I I don't like I don't necessarily disagree with anything you've said. But maybe I just view the songs a little dip, a little more. I like them a little more than you do, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, uh, to me, eight out of ten mob ties and can't take a joke on side A are three hard hitting, uh, 
like those are three heavy hitters, even for Drake's standards to me. Uh, and then, you know, he's got he's got to put God's plan and I'm upset and nice for what on the album, just simply for the streams. Yeah, I know he's done that in the past, too, like on Hotline Bling on View. So yeah, I really don't blame him for that at all. Um, and, and so when Drake puts these like pop songs on there, they really probably don't fit with the album. But if you're an artist and you've made these songs and they're going to add, say, $3 million to your revenue, uh, forget what everybody else thinks. I'm putting these jokers on the album for like $5 million. <laughs> yeah, that's, like I said, I cannot blame him at all for, but, for doing uh, that. I thought um, I thought the even the start of the side A, Survival, went hard. I mean, Survival he, is, yeah. He, he went hard. He was talking on the intro. And then he goes to nonstop with a Tay Keith Memphis uh, native beat. And that's a banger. And then uh, I liked Elevate. And then Emotionless, I thought, was one of the better ones on side A. And then, you know, you've got your God's plan. I'm upset for the streams. And then he closes it with 8 out of 10, Mob Ties, Can't Take a Joke, Sandra's Rose, and Talk Up, and Is There More? Like, to me, that the back end of side A was just – one right after another. Uh, one of my buddies said it was like, if you're reading this on steroids, and I kind of, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning, like, I kind of like that version. I like yeah. that description. Um, yeah. And then, like, Sandra's Rose was like, I think I Sandra, that, Sandra's Rose is one of those that stands out, like, all over all of Drake's discography. Like, that song stands out that nonstop. Yeah. He, when I first heard that, I was like, whoa, like, it kind of made me stop, like, man, this is good. Like, this is going to be like one of those that la like last through the test of time and stuff. Like that, that one was, that one stood out to me on side A. Um, but I want to like talk about or address. So if you're listening to this album and the only, like first, let me discredit myself here and say, I did not come up with this theory. This is me listening to Joe Budden's podcast and like it sort of putting two and two together. Mm. Uh, I, did, I did not come up with this theory. I'm not smart enough to come up with it. At least, at least you're honest. Yeah, I, I should have just rolled with it and be like, yo, <laughs> I analyzed this. I've been up for three days. I feel like the normal <laughs> podcaster would act like he's been putting all the dots together himself. <laughs> be like, yeah, man, I've been studying. I, I hadn't slept. But, uh, no, I listened to his podcast, and he come up with a theory. And it, it to me, it makes a lot of sense. So if you're listening to this album, and even Duppy Freestyle as like a Pusha T diss, and this is everything going to Pusha T, then you're, it's not going to make sense. When he, the theory is, and I don't even know that it's a theory. I think a lot of it is just sort of what has come out of the situation in hindsight. But Drake flies out, Kanye's working on the album. Drake flies out to Kanye. And they Drake helps Kanye on the album. He's done, he did it on Life of Pablo. Kanye, I mean, the artists work together on albums and don't receive credit. Like that's pretty common for people to do that. So then Drake leaves, and he flies back out to Kanye, and he plays some of this Scorpion album for Kanye. Specifically, March Fourteenth is what a lot of people think. Yep, specifically for March 14th. When he leaves, or the, sorry, Joe Budden said the second time he went, Kanye had a group around him, Pusha T and probably some of his other good music artists. So then when uh, Drake uh, hears the album, uh, Daytona, he's like, what the hell? 
Like I just got back from y'all, like work, writing, uh, writing for you, and then now you're taking shots at me on your album. Mm-hmm. So then Drake releases Duppy Freestyle. I was about to say, because on Duppy, he says, I just got done putting pen to the sheets. Yeah. So then he, on Duppy, he sort of is like, you know, let's, you know, what, what is your deal? Like, why are you sending shots at me? So then Pusha comes back with everything basically Kanye heard when Drake played March 14th and probably more of the album for him. He comes back with all that ammo. So now Drake's like, yo, like Kanye, like we were supposed to be brothers. We're supposed, I, like I, ju- I was helping you on the album. And so if everything that we're listening to on this album, if you look at it more of a beef between Drake and Kanye, I think it makes a lot more sense than it is Drake versus Pusha T. It's Kanye has sort of used Pusha T as a pawn. Yeah. For what? Uh, Almost like a puppet in a way. Like let him, let him get all the credit and take all the blame from Drake. Like he's kind of like the figurehead of it. Um, yeah. Like he's Kanye's just sort of supplying Pusha T. He's giving him the guns. He's giving him the ammo, and Pusha T's the one taking the shots. Uh, and so, obviously, Drake addressed the Pusha T song. You know, he he called out his fiance. Um, no malice in your heart. You're an approachable dude. Cause but most of the Duppy song is a, is a Kanye diss. I will I definitely agree with that. But the first, yeah, like the first minute and a half is about Kanye West. And so yeah. then, Pusha T, you know, there is Pusha T stuff in there. But Drake liked Pusha T. He was a fan of Pusha. So Drake bought a fake a, autograph of Pusha. Yes, he did. Uh, so, like, he never had an issue with Pusha. Until, you know, the shots are fired. Pusha has always sent subliminals and subtweets at uh, Drake. But Drake has been a fan of Pusha. So his beef is with Kanye. And when Mm -hmm. you listen to the album and listen to the lyrics of the song and look at them going to Kanye, I think it makes the album make a lot more sense. I'd agree with that. Do you think that... Do you think that that was the best way for Drake to approach it. Because my only thing was that like part of Push's uh, uh, reply on the story of Adidon wasn't just all like the, uh, the stuff he revealed, but it was also like, um, what do you say? I want, he's like basically saying he wants all the, all the shade. All the or, smoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He said, like, I forget exactly what he said, but he's like, you know, why are you talking about my producer basically pointed at me? Um, and I do think that Drake underestimated Pusha in that way, like that Pusha could make one diss song and come at Drake, like with no help and do it. Um, I just wonder if like, he's still almost like a voice. I understand that his beef isn't truly with Pusha, but musically wise, like politically and behind the scenes, it isn't with Pusha. Um, but I just... I don't see how you could get like he disses your mom and dad and reveals your kid. Even all that aside, like he disses forty the way he did. I just don't understand why he keeps coming at Kanye. Is my thing. Like I so, understand politically why he comes at Kanye, but for the fans and music wise, like we're matching song versus song, that doesn't really matter, I guess, to me. So uh, another analogy I've heard was, and it made me sort of look at things a little differently. And then I'll I'll answer your question with a question um if somebody sends a hitman after you and you get shot at is your 
and you know you you figure out that it's a hitman mm-hmm. is your beef going to be with the guy who took the shot or the guy who sent the hit and that sort of made me look at it like oh okay that you know like Pusha being the shooter and then Kanye sending the hit mm-hmm. that that that's sort of how I looked at it and I, th- uh, I guess when it comes to life and death scenario yeah I mean I I definitely see that analogy but I guess too when it comes to music it's a little um different situation on who i'd be going after personally just because like i say when it comes to your public image um it matters what song you reply with not your pr statements or all the stuff that you talk about on a radio show or what it's revealed after um well, drake said that hit when when the album drops every it, it, that'll be his explanation because mm-hmm. uh even throughout this album he talks about their Pusha T and Kanye and good music, they're like watching him. They're they're parked across the street in white vans, you know, oh, yeah. subtle guys. Um, and Drake goes and gives them the album, and then now all of a sudden Kanye and Pusha drop all these seven and sevens. So they're ba- basically Drake was saying on the album, they are watching me, they are using me, and they are making their plans according to what I am doing. So mm-hmm. here's the album. Here's the explanation. There you go. And real quick question. Um, do you think that this beef has helped Pusha and Drake? Like maybe not Drake as far as respect wise, but streaming wise or like attention wise? Um, like the same way that Kanye just gets bad publicity. He doesn't care. As long as it's publicity, that's all he cares about. I think that it gave Daytona and Scorpion more views. Um. So I, w- it's hard for me to say with Pusha T because I was a big Pusha T fan even before this beef. Like I, I thought Pusha could rap. I, uh, I liked King Push and I, I, I liked a lot of uh, Pusha's stuff. So for me, I was going to listen to Daytona regardless. Like the minute that Pusha mm-hmm. T dropped his album, I was playing it. Uh, I think with Ham actually. Uh, so, uh, but I think that sort of made gave Pusha a little more respect, maybe. Um, I, I think that made the public sort of be like, oh, wow, you know, I, I didn't know Pusha T could rap like this. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I think uh, with Scorpion, I think it probably helped Drake's album sales. I mean, what he sell, like just under a million, uh, including streams? I think they said there's been like a billion streams or something since it came out, some ridiculous number. Yeah. like uh, Of course, I've also things. seen... I've seen like a bunch of people say that like Spotify like is advertising and uh, they're putting in their play like a bunch of stuff where even you know how Kanye tweaked his stream and numbers on title. You heard yeah. about all that. I, I think Drake is not doing it to that extreme, but um, Spotify is like uh, sponsoring him. He sponsors Spotify. Either one, um, they basically have a deal to where Spotify puts a lot of his songs in different uh, featured and advertised playlists. Gotcha. And so whenever it's in those playlists, when it's played, it, it's kind of tweaked numbers, but I'm still sure it's, it's probably the most streamed album ever. Oh, it's, uh, it's just stupid. Like I saw where God's plan had 1.1 billion streams alone. So, I mean, like nobody else had ever topped a billion and then here one song of Drake's has topped a billion. So uh, it's ridiculous what he's done. But, yeah. but so like, uh, we, me and you, I think, uh, talked a little bit about this too. So for me, I even like side. Let's talk a little more about side B. So we, we mm-hmm. talked about side A, and I think it's strong. Side B, there. If there are fillers on the album, I think they're on side B. And 
but at the same time, I also, when I listen to Drake's music, it's, you like the cohesion on an album and all the songs sort of flowing together. And I don't think Drake does that. I don't think he, I don't think he cohe, you know, he ties all of his songs together. I think he just sort of makes music for different audiences throughout the album. So like Final Fantasy, that song's not for me. Uh, that's for, you know, a woman that he's talk, trying to get with and talking dirty to a woman. Like, that's not for me. Like, I don't listen to Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and, and that song, you know, that's not for me. Um, so, but I think it's an okay I think song. you'd still be able to appreciate it, though. Like, good music is good. Like, the new Tiana Taylor album, that one that's also technically good music. Yeah. Um, that album is not. I don't know if you've listened to it or anybody else. Have. I doubt many of the listeners have, but it is not for me. Right. It's not for a 21 year old white male single. <laughs> yeah. It's for somebody who is making a lot of love uh, with a lot of people in a lot of very seductive ways. So it, it, the exact opposite of me, but I still like really love and appreciate the album. The same way like Daytona is like a, it's like made for a kingpin. Like I should be sitting on a throne of cocaine just kilos but i mean that still might be my like one of my favorite albums of the year so i see what you're saying like that those songs weren't for us but i think like the good music would still just be good music you know what i'm saying like even no that makes sense um i was i definitely am with you on if like if there's filler i think it's on sabi i also think that blue tent is a what a time throwaway yeah i i thought the same exact thing when i heard that song um and future really isn't even like he doesn't ruin the song but he doesn't like help it either like it's not like he really benefits to it i mean i thought he was just there if that makes any sense i didn't think it was like that was one of my favorite songs on side b but i like drake's part more right um i just didn't think future added too much when i heard that i was like wow this sounds exactly like what a time to be alive then here comes future and i'm like wait a minute i've heard this before it's not on this album. So I think uh, Blue Tent was a throwaway. Uh, when On the first listen, uh, Finesse was slow at first, and I know you didn't like that song, uh, but I thought towards the end it picked up. And then Ratchet, Happy Birthday, while I don't think it's a terrible song, I don't think it – I don't like it on this album either. Um, I think I, Summer Games was a song that's become my favorite. The first listen, I thought it was slow. Like I was like, what, what, what are we doing here? Because it's very like drawn out, a lot of more production and just like vibes and a lot of lyrics or anything. But um, that's probably my favorite, uh, one of my favorite at least on the on the second side. I think peaks like, grown on me too a little bit too. See, I, I think the not- switch up between side A and B when it goes to peak, I didn't like it at first, but um, I've started to. It's grown at least. My favorite on side B is jaded, and it's not even close. And then I also like uh, that's how you feel, and I really so I've had I've seen this debate, and I've read it both ways. Is that freaking weekend on Don't Matter to Me, or is that really a Michael Jackson unleashed hook? Because I've I think that's both ways. I think that's really a Michael Jackson because there was even like the numbers on how much he had to pay or something. Um, uh, how much do you think he paid for that? Because I'm not I'm thinking no less than like five or ten million dollars. It was ten million dollars, is what I okay. saw. Okay. Uh, that makes and that makes sense. I think they sound good together and back and forth, but it just really like to me that's something you put on like um, nothing was the same or something that's like 
a different album to me. I just thought it was like wasn't needed here. I thought it was really good. Man, I thought it was fire. I, I liked it on here. I, I thought uh, I'm thinking like, dude, Michael Jackson's the. But Michael Jackson was the best part of the song, though. I mean, not that. I mean, of course he's Michael Jackson, but I mean, right. as far as like that was really like the biggest standout highlight of the song. Like besides saying I got Michael Jackson, it wasn't really like a a memorable Drake song to me. Okay, like if you put the weekend on there, I wouldn't think like, oh, that's one of the best songs. Or like, do you, did you hear that song? I wouldn't even think about it honestly. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, um, I really thought it was like goat level stuff to get an unreleased <laughs> Michael Jackson hook, uh, unreleased song on this album. I did. Well, I thought the unreleased song. photograph of Whitney Houston's bathroom was also interesting. But go ahead. That's, that's also fair. Um, the uh, I did read where like his, Michael Jackson's nephew or something was not so happy with drake uh putting it on the album uh but i assume drake had to, he obviously had to get yeah approved yeah he got somebody. the publishing I, I bet his nephew isn't the one that owns the rights to right, <laughs> his music drake could probably care less he he got it approved through somebody but he was like uh i feel like if michael didn't finish it or didn't want it didn't put it out then someone else shouldn't put it out but obviously that's not his decision it was somebody else's because it's on the album uh, yeah and then uh, we obviously know in my feelings is getting out there. <laughs> memed. Think. It's memed at this point. That's why during my review the other day, it was the first day I saw that meme. And I realized like, if this continues this strong, I'm going to start disliking the song just because I mean, the same way God's plan almost got like memed. And yeah, it was like, like, okay, this is, this can become too much now. That That's what I hate almost about a lot of Drake songs is they get so public that they get played everywhere and they get all this stuff. I'm like, man, I really like that song until it just gets completely overplayed and just burn out. Yeah. So I don't even hear the song anymore. I just hear like memes. It's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, static major feature also pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, and then, uh, we I talked really about like the you didn't like, yeah, that. I was about to say, I was going to, no, I was going to say the Final Fantasy, uh, just going down the line, Final Fantasy. And then March 14th, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I didn't think it was like a legendary outro or anything. I thought it was a good way to end the album for sure. Like the, what he was going for, I thought it was good. And um, talking about his son and everything, I just personally don't like the way he's tried to spin the whole son thing. It really does feel like he, he brought PR to music just for me personally. See, I don't. Um, I really have never, like everybody keeps talking about his son and he's, you know, he's doing this and he's, how's he handling it? And he's a deadbeat and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I, I don't really care what he does with his son. Like, I don't, so like, yeah, I know, no, no, I agree. Never, it's never really bothered me. Like, okay, if he doesn't want to be a dad, and that's on him. That doesn't affect me. I just want to hear his music. He can make music. He's but I do music. think it would make it sound if, – if we knew that Drake – because the rumor is that he's only seen his son once since he's been born. That's just the rumor, of course. Right. But um, if that's true, it does make me listen to Old Drink a little differently just because, you know, a lot of his music does revolve around personal issues, yeah. which is why, you know, when people talked about Pusha got too personal – um, with anybody else, like if, if you called out like a random rapper that way, I would agree because nobody knows their personal problems, but everybody knows Drake's personal life. But the one big, big part of his personal life, he just decided to hide from the world and apparently wanted to reveal it, you know, for an Adidas uh, shoe line. 
Well, I absolutely think he was 100% hiding this child. I don't care what he said. Like, he was hiding the... And that's what I mean. That's that's why I feel like if he... I wanted the album just to be, like, another one of Drake albums. I didn't want him to... You talk about a lot of the side A being about Kanye, or even if, like, some of it's about Pusha T. I just thought that was, like, off top. Like, if he just made, like, songs like Nonstop on there, or Sandra's Rose, like, if he just had a bunch of songs throughout that i thought like really stood out then i mean the quality would speak for itself so that actually brings me to a question for you so you're you're not necessarily critical but maybe it lessens the value for you that he is respond you felt like you responded to a lot of this beef on the album Mm -hmm. so would you have rather him just not responded at all like would you have like take uh take eight, eight out of 10 off and replace it with something else. like, would you have rather him just not like, I would have I rather, if he like, wasn't going to come back with a diss song, I would have rather him not address it. Yeah. So you Cause I just don't heard him just make the album as is and don't include any, any response or explanation to the push of teeth thing, because I am actually glad that he did it. And that's where I think we differ because to me, because he, if he would have not explained on this album the whole Kanye and then watching him and him going to help Kanye and then turn Kanye turn right around and give Pusha T all this info, like had he not explained it, I would still be looking at it like, damn, like Pusha T got him, and that you know it's. Uh, but wasn't like all of that really addressed on Duppy? Like all that, basically all of the beef. But I mean, of course, it was before the big reveal or anything. But all the same stuff that Drake is saying was really said on Duppy. Well, on Duppy, he's sort of like uh, he basically said, "I'm helping you on your albums, and then you're going to turn and you're doing this to me." Well, you know what's your deal? But like on this one, he's like, "Look, they're planning their release dates, and they're 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 doing all this while using me, and they're." They're planning what they're doing around what I'm doing. Oh, I mean, yeah, they were definitely going off his his momentum. Um, um, and I may be a feel like a Kanye stand when I say this, but like, who wouldn't do that when you're one of the biggest artists in the world? Like Drake huh. definitely planned his release around. I mean, maybe not to the extent that Kanye did all that, but everybody's planning each other, uh, each other's music off of each uh, off of other artists. I guess what I say. They are, but I think the difference is Drake thought or has been working under the pr- premise that him and Kanye are like brothers and they're like, they're real tight and they have been tight. That Drake is, uh, you know, he says, I pop style for 30 hours and let him repeat. He's saying, you know, I worked on the Life of Pablo album and now I mm-hmm. helped him on the on the Yee album. Uh, I think it came out, he wrote the hook for Yikes. Is that right? uh yeah either yikes or all mine i can't remember which one it was uh, i thought i read it was yikes so he writes the hook for yikes. it probably was so and they and what a lot of people may not know is they still have a unreleased collab album like a full finished album it's already been out there for a year it's just whenever they had their falling out during the kanye uh life of pablo tour when he called out dj Khaled and uh, drake it's just never been released since then so that's why i would be hesitant to say that they're brothers just because well, that, because they have a rocky, they have a very rocky history. So on the, I can't remember which track it is now, but he says it's too late for uh, all that lovey dovey shit. Yeah, it's too late for all that I'm your brother shit. 
it's too mm-hmm. late for all that other shit. Like that's towards Kanye saying, uh, you know, hey, it's too late for you to come back and be like, come on, man. Well, I, you know, I love you. You're my brother. It's all love. Um, and so I just, I, I, to, I know you said you didn't like it, but I was glad that he sort of explained it because otherwise I would have never, like I would have never known the extent that maybe Drake felt betrayed by Kanye. Like I wouldn't have known to the extent how he really felt about it. Yeah, and so but I, I, th- I guess I'm not saying he should. I, I guess I wanted him to do one of two things: either, like I said, just make good music, and since you talked about moving on from it, and you really didn't have much else to say, then just move on from it. Or you say like eight out of ten is a pretty clear diss. But the first time, or before you and I listened to the Joe Budden podcast, did you really feel the same way, or get all the context from it? No, I thought, again, that's when after I was glad I listened to the podcast because I was reading it or trying to listen to the album. Like a push of T. Yes, like this is towards push of T. And it didn't quite like I could create a scenario where it made sense, but it really didn't make sense as I was listening to it. Mm -hmm. So when I heard it, I was like, oh, like he's not like it's not about Pusha. It's about Kanye. And so Mm -hmm. then it just sort of clicked. But. Uh, that yeah. all went over went over my head the first time I listened. I guess because- so. That's that's what I mean. Is that if he were to make a diss song, like when you heard Duppy Freestyle, or you heard Story of Adidon, you didn't wonder is this a diss song and who is this at and any of that type of stuff. It was just kind of clear that oh okay, like this is a diss song. You know what I mean? Whereas like eight out of ten is clearly a diss song to me now. Um, it's maybe not going at or like naming names. It wasn't saying like the father stretched my hands out or talking about Virgil or um, talking about uh, Virginia Williams or any of that type of stuff. It wasn't like Drake never made it clear. And throughout so much of the album, he's like explaining or like uh, unraveling the whole beef, like on, like I say, emotionless or yeah, emotionless. Where he's like, I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world from my kid. Yeah. Like all those type of lines that are just randomly dropped out throughout the album is what took me out of some songs because I was like, I don't. If you want to address it, address it all on a song and just make it like freaking flames and just go off and really make it a diss like back and really, or you can explain it either one. Just like put it all together. Don't drop random i always call them subtweets because that's what they kind of are it's like random sub subtweets throughout the album so um, especially when you can listen to the the singles like uh god's plan and nice for what and the reason i feel like they don't fit as well is because he changed a lot of the album to revolve around the push of beef which also makes me feel like if you don't care about it that much you just changed a lot of your album for it like it just didn't well, really i just didn't that's like that what i was about personally. that was it's perfect timing that you brought that up because i was about to say he talks about and again all the i cannot recall the name of the tracks for the life of me but he's like had to reset and now here we are so i think he plays or played a lot of scorpion for kanye and and whoever like i think he probably gave them a preview of maybe 60 70 percent of the album and was mm-hmm. like you know here what do you think you know do I need, you know, kind of just working with each other. So then when, when all this goes down and he realizes like, okay, shit, they're just using me. So I think he sort of had to reset. I think that's what he means. He had to reset and now he's having to, to remake it and he's got new material because he's got, a, he feels a different way. Um, but 
you know, we shit, I could talk probably two days on this album. But for me, I did make this mistake. And me and you, it's funny that we're talking about this album because we talked about or we had uh, wrote some stuff about views. And I had made the mistake early on of just rushing into views. And I thought it was a good album. And I was completely wrong because now I listened to just a couple of songs off the album. It's very man for me. It's, I think, probably Drake's worst album that I listened to. Um, And so I sort of bought into the hype. So I made sure for this album, I'm like, okay, the first time I heard it, I was hyped. I was like, this is new Drake. But I've sort of sat down and analyzed it and tried to form an objective opinion about it. But I still really like the album. I think there's a lot of good music on here. Mm-hmm. And this album just sounded differently. His production was a lot tighter. Uh, Boy Wanda and Noel Catastray killed it. Uh, we had No ID on there for the intro. Uh, don't know if anybody saw that, but No ID did the intro. The guy uh, produced Jay-Z's 444 album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Ritter was on there. His production team did 40 was obviously all over it, but his production team did a hell of a job. And for now, me, one right th- now, I have it second below Take Care. Dang. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I really liked it. Like, I, that's why I keep saying when I, I consider this to be Drake's worst album, I don't mean like to say it's a horrible album because I still think it's like really good. It's hard for Drake to even make like really, really bad music. Um, but really, I wanted to address one point you said earlier, just because I just remembered it. When you talked about, you know, I like cohesiveness on an album, but it's not necessarily like a storyline or like a narrative. It's more of just like Drake's production. When you go back to nothing was the same or even take care or um, thank me later, even more life kind of keeps those like summer breeze vibes on there. Like to me, the whole album vibes together and there's like a cohesion between production and just like the feel of the album to me. Um, on all of Drake's albums, like what you said, when you went back and listened to um, Drake's albums, I did that before my last review because I wanted to compare Scorpion to Views and take care, like really to see how I feel overall. And I was like, it's just not as tight. Like I, I, I agree, the production is nice on the new album. I don't think it's tight or like as far as um, matching up well with one another, or just like as far as a whole album goes. I just could never put this in my like top three at all um the uh just personally i i don't follow with the notion or i guess i just disagree with to me if every if every so i think artists have to find or have trouble finding a happy medium between the production sounding the same and it sounding too different mm-hmm. so going from song to song i feel like on uh, on more life a lot of Drake's criticism was that it all sounded the same. They'd all heard it before. And then um, with, if you're reading this, it's too late. They're like, Oh, well he's rapping too much on this one. Way too alternative. Yeah. And so then I'm like, okay, so he's giving you sort of a weekend album, like take care. He's giving you a rap album or a preview of a rap album with, um, if you're reading this, He's giving you like the sort of poppy summer Jamaican more life. And so everybody has a criticism for each one of them. So that's why Drake on this album, that's why the uh, 
the preview or the caption was like, Drake raps too much. He sings too much. He does this. Yeah, yeah, we know. So he's just sort of fed up because he's anything he does, it's wrong to people. Right. Like there's people are going to criticize either way. So I felt like this album, he's just like, you know what? Look, here's your pop songs. Here's your rap songs. Here's your R&B song. Here's me addressing the beef. Here you go. I'm fed up. I'm done. And then he made, and then I thought it was fire music. So, yeah. uh, But I think that's sort of what this album is. It's sort of like he's fed up trying to please everybody when all everybody's doing is going to criticize him and use him. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the album. Yeah. This is the album I want to make. Here it is. That's definitely a very respectable, especially like side B, like I may not like it as much, but I think the most respectable part is that's like super old Drake sounds Yes, as far as his singing (laughs) and his R&B. Like even the songs I don't like, I listen and I go like, I have not heard this Drake in a long time. So that's why to me, side B, I may not like as much, but. I respect more of the route he was going. Not saying like side, a, I mean, side A's rap is rap and he did a great job, but side B was really him pushing boundaries to me, even though it's, it's something he's done way back, but it's like to bring that back again in a, in a new way, I thought was really cool is the, is the biggest compliment I could give side B. I heard parts of so far gone on side B. Mm-hmm. And then I heard like a lot of, if you're reading this on side A, and I think those are two, before this one, I would have those two as two of Drake's top three, four albums. Um, and so I, I heard bits and pieces of old, but if you, I don't know if you heard this part on the button podcast, but he played find your love off. Thank me later. And then he played emotionless and he showed like the difference in the production. And it was really cool to hear that because I thought find your love was fire. And, um, he played but now the production's so flawless today but yeah it's like so different now and it's so much cleaner and, and yeah less, uh, it doesn't sound like so much noise it's very see a lot of drake's music and this can be his downfall when like the song isn't as good but it's so polished so when it sounds like on non-stop sounds like very polished but it sounds like Take the most smooth perfect like i mean you couldn't get better than that as far as a rap song but then there's other times on like side B, I can't like recall right now on different songs, but I'd listen to him and I'm like, this is very, like the production is polished. His voice, everything sounds like really great. It's just the song isn't great, if that makes any sense. Like old Drake, like you said, for Find Your Love or whatever it was, like I went back and listened to that because of your, uh, your list that you made. When I made my list, I was listening to a lot of old Drake. I was like, the production and the sound isn't as clean as it is now. Um, but it but still has that type voice of voice on it was better. His... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was, I guess it was just more. Um, I'm not a fan of singing it. Drake. I, I don't like his singing. I think his vocal like... range is very. I don't What's think the, um, the resistance. That's the song I listened no, to I the other like day. Dude. Like when I, yeah. Like there's, there's a couple I listened to on thank me later. Um, like even shut it down. Dude, that's that's one that I had trouble leaving off my list was Shut It Down. Like that's one of my favorite uh, Drake songs personally. I just love like his whole singing throughout the whole thing is just like it just draws me in personally. I do love I love all types. I mean, that's the greatest part about Drake to me is Drake features Drake featuring Drake. Yeah. Like he makes a whole song and he can put up three different flows and moods on it and he can change up his vocal style so much that it's like I mean, not many artists can do that. 
um, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. And my uh, the the bass and the 808s and the chords on this album are just so like on the production is just so nasty to me. Like Takey, uh, man, he absolutely destroyed that nonstop beat. Uh, I think the nonstop hey, talk hey, up I think is like. With Jay-Z, a lot of people were saying that he put Jay-Z on that album because of all the Kanye stuff. Like, Jay-Z basically came in to tell Kanye to back off type of thing. Yeah, like, in spite, yeah, I've, I've read that as well. Um, I liked uh, I liked the hi-hat on Can't Take a Joke. I thought that was sick. I thought the mob ties, you know, on mob ties, he's talking about, you know, how Jay Prince and Jaws Prince and the, the whole Prince family pretty much, how he's got ties with them. And then... uh with talk up and jay-z I oh dude on can't, on can't take a joke on that chorus where he's like they can't take a joke and right after it goes to like the gun loading oof. oh yeah like that yeah. like oh my god dude like I, that i mean yeah a lot of the production on that song is incredible what oh, were you man, saying I, I felt like on a talk up talk up was sort of like a warning it felt like but i felt like that while i don't know i like the song but it i felt like when i was looking at it i'm like okay jay-z and drake who are arguably two of the top artists out are on a song together on drake's album after this beef i'm expecting this thing to go like that this is the best song on the album mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say i was underwhelmed because i still like the song but i felt like they were holding back something i don't know what i feel like they were letting the production ride yeah and I felt like it was sort of a warning, maybe to, I don't know if it was directly to Kanye, but it was sort of a warning, like, you know, hey, we're here, we're rapping, this needs to stop. I just couldn't really imagine, because the reason I was surprised more people weren't talking about this song was because a lot of all of this, like a lot of Drake's beef with other artists is because of what he said about Jay-Z. True. Like Ken, him and Kendrick's whole beef is built on him, uh, Drake hating on Jay Z. Like even Heart Part Four was like all coming at Drake saying like, "How you gonna get this Jay Z?" Like all of this type of thing. So I was really surprised that they just made up like this. Like I mean, they just were on a song together, like no, no like warning. Nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I thought that was right. I thought that was cool because I haven't. I mean, Jay Z in the past, like Light Up, is one of my favorite songs on Thank Me Later. Yeah, um, and Drake, I mean, Jay-Z's verse on that is honestly one of my favorite rap verses, period, on that song. Um, and Pound Cake, like two of Drake's most legendary songs, in my opinion. So I was like, I, I was like you that I expected a little more, but I think they like really just kind of like, the, you know what I'm saying? Like they just kind of like let that beat ride yeah. a little more. Um, and it could be like what you said. It like, could be like, go ahead, talk up because, you know, this is just a warning and this is a preview of what could happen. But I just don't think Jay-Z would side with Drake in a Kanye. Like if it really got down to war, I don't know if Jay-Z would turn like that just personally. So here is my thing, too, with this song is because of the X uh, verse, mm-hmm. that song was made within 10 days of the album's release date is what the is what i read because of that line or whatever so that song had to be made like within 10 days so i think that's what sparked a lot of the well this might be directed towards kanye because that's that was sort of a last minute thing Mm. Uh, and it is at the end of side a so you know it it, that could be one of the not that that means anything but uh, Uh, yeah i definitely think the placement would probably 
it probably says something that we're not seeing. I definitely say that. Maybe it does, and I, I, I thought maybe I was just reading too much into it. But like um, the uh, with that verse or that song being made so late in the game for this release date, I think that is what where a lot of the Kanye speculation comes from. And then yeah. on, on "Can't Take a Joke," uh, this was also on the Button Podcast. They, the theory behind it is where he's like uh, Uber X, the Hidden Hills, which is Drake's neighborhood in Calabasas. Um, when they come to Hidden Hills, I know they know the deal. Can hit it with a stone. <laughs> Man, I just want to play that song. He's a <laughs> uh, but uh, when he says that, uh, Kanye lives just a couple houses down from Drake in Calabasas. Mm-hmm. And the theory is that Drake has slept with a Kardashian slash. Oh yeah. Uh, And I don't know, that might be a reach, but then I'll think back to Jay Prince saying, and again, this could be all talk, but if there is substance to Jay Prince saying this could end careers, lifestyles, et cetera, the theory that Drake has slept with a Kardashian makes sense. If there's substance to it, that could do you be think that would be enough though? Like well, I just don't think that is as extreme at all as anything that Pusha T like just a reveal wise. Like I think that's a pretty crazy reveal, and that'd make a lot of e news headlines. But dude, I don't know. Like I, I think Drake. Okay, I don't think. Okay, let me rephrase. I don't think it would be enough unless it is Kim. If it is Kim. <laughs> I think it's absolutely enough. Well, then, yeah. then yeah, that because when he when when Jay Prince said like this could end Kanye's career, I'm like Kanye is supporting Trump and he's not ending his own career. So this like you'd have to come out that Kanye's uh, a transgender. Like you'd have to come out with some crazy stuff that we just never thought of. If it's Kim, and I did read that uh, Kanye was a fan of and really liked Kim's video with Ray J and like, he really liked it and liked watching it. I do think, I mean, this is weird off topic speculation. I would guess that Drake and Kim have, I mean, Drake and Kim, Kanye and Kim have an open relationship. That's just me. I I doubt that they're, they're keeping it Christian in the bedroom, but (laughs) that's just my, that's just my take. I just don't think, so hold on that runs in with my this theory that i read was that drake while in la out in calabasas kanye had drake and kim set up and there's a video out there that would end careers (laughs) that that would end careers so that's why i think if if this is a big gift, Jay Prince might be. I don't know. Jay Prince is not one to really bluff. Uh, if you're, if for any listeners that know who Jay Prince is, you need to look him up because he's not really one to bluff. But if this is, he could be bluffing just to save Drake's face. But if he is not bluffing, the theory that there's a video of Drake and Kim out there that I mean, that, it's not like Drake's never slept with a porn star before, you know. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. He it would be along with his track record. I mean, it all kind of adds up. There's not many people, you know. I mean, it, it, there's, I don't want to say that's exactly what it is and this is how it is. But, but if, I just yeah. think that the theory makes sense. Like, it all does add up there for that to be the theory. But I don't know that and we probably will never know that. 
You're hearing what, it here first, though. This is a hot take right here. You've heard it here first. This is what happened. Could, could you imagine, like, if Drake releases a diss track and it's about him sleeping with Kim and he plays maybe, like, a snippet of the video of, like, maybe some words being said? I th- you know what I would think would be perfect? Well, I guess it really wouldn't make sense. But if he had some type of Ray J sample during the course, <laughs> like the I hit it first or whatever it was, like if he had some type of sample just play out at some point, then everybody would be like, oh, my God. That yeah. would be the one way you could step up from Story of Adidon. And Drake said if he was to respond, then it, he saw like how it was all going to end. Basically, He said he like basically saw like the downward spiral. Like He already knew it would get out of hand very fast if he responded. And that's why he said he wasn't going to respond with the diss song, and he said to wait for the album. Um, so, like you say, I mean, that's not saying that's it, one hundred percent speculation, but that definitely adds up. Yeah, like you know, if you put the lyrics together, you know, I could hit it with a stone. Like they're so close. Uh, when they come to Hidden Hills, I know they know the deal. Like their their theory made sense, and it's sort of. I'm looking at this album now, like okay, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I hear you, Drake. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be like you say. If it's if it's a Jenner, like if it's just Kylie Jenner, I don't think that would like that would be that big of a deal. But yeah, that would that be a huge deal. But man, that's unless you've got anything. That's pretty much all I've got. The uh, only other thing I have to say is I want to have discussions on the Kanye albums with you now. Okay. Yeah, that's because I haven't heard your thoughts on that at all. And um, I know, again, we have differing views, no pun intended views. But um, yeah, I definitely like to do something like that. We're going to be in complete opposite directions on this Kanye stuff for sure. But um, yeah, we can we can have that conversation. Cool. uh, Kick Tyler off the podcast again. It'd be perfect. Yeah, we'll just do another one. To, <laughs> we'll keep calling it the Mick, the Mick Etheridge 21 and T. Dale podcast, but we'll continuously not have him on. So Right, yeah, we'll just continue <laughs> minus the T. The Dale at Mick Etheridge 21 podcast minus the T. Dale. Um, <laughs> Adding Ken on the counter. It'd be like, is that the whole title of the podcast now? It's just <laughs> minus yeah, T. Dale, add Ken on the counter. Nobody will ever find it. They'll be trying to subscribe, and nobody will be able to find it. Uh, Tyler, uh, we're going to send condolences to Tyler. Uh, hope he survives the wildfires out in L.A. Um, he's fighting them off. Stop. Hopefully, hopefully he uh, – There are real people out there that are suffering from that. Just stop. Okay, that's fair. I, I apologize. I probably just broke a, a YouTube rule or something. <laughs> yeah there's probably some youtuber's house getting burned down like what the hell talking about this kid who's just running away from fire snapchatting it you can put it on snapchat it ain't that serious that's all i gotta say wow well we'll end on that note Uh, (laughs) another dis 21 podcast the link is in my bio i don't know if it's in tyler's but it's in my bio on twitter uh follow can on the counter on twitter uh between the bs podcast follow all that stuff Uh, Feel free to give us your thoughts. See you.